Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Football Friday. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. Brian's Heating and Cooling, where they take your comfort personally. Give them a call for all your commercial and residential comfort needs. 803-796-1788 or brianshheatingandcooling.com. Antoine Dushmose breaks away at the 30, 20, going for the pylon at the 5, dives for it. Call it. Touchdown, Carolina. Football Friday on your home of the Gamecocks. In Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on your Football Friday on the Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you, getting you set for South Carolina and Missouri. Again, coming up tomorrow at 3.30 out in the other Columbia, playing for that beautiful Mayor's Cup that we're all so excited for. Now it's such a big deal. I, I, have, you, have you seen the Mayor's Cup? I've not, I don't even know what it looks like. It's, it, it's, it's nice. It's got to be in a closet somewhere out there in Mizzou, right? Like, they're, they're def- all i got to say is they're definitely the other Columbia. Oh, for sure. Ooh. Do you think they see themselves as the real Columbia? How could they? <laughs> there you go, Tyler. Um, speaking of this, uh, I Bill and Preston talked about it. I brought it up a little bit earlier. Um, has this rivalry, I don't even want to call it a rivalry, has this series with Missouri 
taking on a little bit different identity since Eli Drinkwitz has got there. Because you go through the first handful of years, you had Gary Pinkle, you had Barry Odom, a little bit back and forth. You know, South Carolina won, won a handful of games. But since Drinkwitz has been there, and, and Drinkwitz even got one over on South Carolina when he's at App State, since he's been there, South Carolina hasn't been able to get over that hump. And he's this, like, annoying coach that takes shots and it's kind of arrogant and, like, it just feels like it's taken on a different degree since he's been there. I don't know if it's the degree, like, it's not the way I think of a rivalry. It's more along the lines of, I hear people, this is no, these are not my words. I hear other people say that Eli is like a punchable dude. Like, that's just the way mm-hmm. he looks. Again, not my words, but I, you know, I think you look at it, for South Carolina fans, it's just been like, man, those guys beat us again. Like there's four years in a row. Yeah, and that that's maybe that's maybe the way. Like when Spurrier got it rolling, there's probably a lot of other traditional SEC schools that are like, man, we're still better than South Carolina. But then you look and South Carolina beat them three years in a row. So um, that's the way South Carolina fans, I feel like, look at Missouri. Like, why we we've been in this conference longer? Why? should they be in a position to be better than us is the way I feel like South Carolina fans feel. Yeah, it's a combination. Terry Ford was actually asking me about this earlier off there about Drinkwitz and kind of why South Carolina fans dislike him so much. I I don't know. Like, is he that high on the scale for Gamecock fans? No, I feel like he's just risen very quickly it's been a quick ascension yes well and that's what you rise on the hate list like he's not yeah for some he's not the most likable guy number one and and i'll i'll give more things that i have heard that are not my opinion he's he's pesky pesky he gets uh, on your nerves little geeky yeah um uh preston described him as a well actually kind of guy like the good you, one. your cousin at family Christmas that has to correct you on everything that you say, that type of person. Oscar from the office. Yeah. Oh, oh there you go. Perfect example. I miss Preston. I wish I wish she was in here with us. Preston just has like I never would have thought about that. I never would have thought to say it that way. But it's it's per- true. Perfect description. Well, actually. He he is. Actually this analytic tells us that you should go for it on fourth down here. Yeah, I mean I wa- he had a pretty long press conference the other day and I watched it and you're kinda like yeah, yeah, some of those, some of those things, and it's not like overt, you know, but it's just it's there. So, but I, I think it's that some of the, like he's got a prickly personality. You've also lost four straight games. Like if Carolina had won the past four years or like three out of the past four, everybody's just like, I mean, yeah, that guy's kind of annoying, but whatever, who cares? Even if you split them in half, split them in like. half, who cares? And then like Missouri, you feel like they're kind of an outsider, you know. I mean, they are to well, the conference. That's the running joke is, oh, yeah, Missouri's in the SEC. Yeah. Well, I mean, have, have y'all been to Missouri to the stadium yes. before? No. Nope. It, it doesn't feel like an SEC stadium either is the other thing. Like, it's not just they're an outsider. Like, they're one of – I guess they're not yeah. even really new anymore. But um, it just doesn't feel like an SEC. Most SEC schools, except for Vanderbilt, you go and you can just pick a random SEC stadium – on a random Saturday and go, and you're going to see, I know everybody fights about who has the best atmosphere, but you're going to see a great college football atmosphere compared to, like, the rest of the college football world. Missouri, I just, it doesn't. And we and we were there in probably one of the best, the 2013 game. Yeah, I was there, You too. and I were both there. Yeah. 
and that was probably one of the better ones. It did get loud at some points. It was a really good Missouri team, really good South Carolina team, so that was kind of one of the peaks. That dang camera angle that they have out there bothers me more than it should probably. Describe it for those. Yeah, I don't, don't want to notice things like that. I, I do. Feel like. And maybe it's my production mind, but watching a game at Missouri, they have, I don't know if it's where they position the camera, but it's like off center to where they're oh, like no, pointing it more towards the right or to the left, or it's like lower too. It's hard to describe. Why? Why? I don't know. It, maybe it's the way the stadium Probably is the set up. The middle of the stadium. I the middle think. of the stadium, but like the camera is not the same as like if you're watching literally any other college football game. And now this is going to bother. That me. bugs yeah. me more than it should. What? Pay and attention to it I tomorrow. Don't want to. No, I don't want no, to. I wish you wouldn't have told me because I probably like I might have noticed it in the past and just not thought of it. But now every time it, I look at it, it, it bugs me every time. By the way, Columbia, South Carolina, founded 1787. Columbia, Missouri, 1821. Boom. Other Columbia. W. Wow. The, this Columbia needs another type of W tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, in a bad way. Uh, apparently, the mayors actually award the Mayor's Cup, too, which is what, like, is there, like, a ceremony? I don't think so. It'd be, um, fun, it'd be funny if one of the mayors, like, pulled a WWE. <laughs> like, he, he's, like, holding the other guy's hand up, and then he hits him with the cup. I will say this. Like, Georgia and uh, Georgia Tech play for the Governor's Cup, and literally what happens in the locker room after game is the governor comes in and, like, hands the trophy to the coach, and that's, Georgia. that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's a Georgia, yeah. Um, so I imagine it's probably somewhere along the same, like, hey, here's mayor whatever, of whatever the Columbia mayor's name is. Here's your trophy for the year. All right, staffer, go put this in a closet somewhere until next year. But if you win it, the, uh, the opposing coach, or not the opposing, whichever coach wins it is definitely like, oh, we're thrilled to get the mayor's cup. Oh, of you course. Know, you know. Sure. Probably not a super prominent display, though. You know, just like what, just like when ADs hire a coach, and that's their guy. We got our guy. Well, I heard about so three other not. guys turns you down, but sure. Okay, whatever you say. Mayor's Cup. Does anybody outside of this game know about the Mayor's Cup? I didn't know anything about it until, yeah. like, two weeks ago. Yeah. Now, th- this, this is an important game. Yeah. Not because of a very bland... Um, random trophy. It's a important game because every single year, like, if South Carolina wants to have a good year, you know, the last couple of years, I guess, maybe goes against this, but it's really how how do you do against kind of the, the like-minded programs or the, I should say, the programs that have similar talent as you. So um, can you beat Kentucky? Can you beat Missouri? Just kind of on a year-in, year-out basis. Now, I think... This is a pretty freaking talented Missouri offense and probably more talent over there than we are used to seeing them have, which I think is scary. And, you know, I, I don't have a, quite as good of a feel about their defensive personnel, but they always get after you. They always tend to kind of get some underrated guys on defense, I feel like, and develop them. And uh, that's been across multiple coaching staffs is the interesting part about that. The other interesting thing, going back to what we were talking about with Drinkwitz, there were a lot of Gamecock fans that would have liked to have Drinkwitz as South Carolina's offensive coordinator Yeah, back when Muschamp was here, and he was still an OC rising up the ranks before he got the App State head job for, for one year, right? He was yeah, only there just, for a year and then year. was out of there. So there are some kind of interesting lingering connections, uh, and going back to the 
he comes to Williams Price and wins with App State uh, against South Carolina. I'll be curious to see now that he has this extra firepower compared to maybe some of these other years. Does he take his same approach to beating South Carolina as we've seen before, which has kind of a lot of times been we're just going to not make mistakes and and almost let South Carolina beat itself? Um, Or is he going to say, look, we're at home. I've got my quarterback dialed in now. I've got great skill around him. Let's just go play our our game and and be bold on special teams and, and do those things as well. Well, the, if you go back and look at Missouri's game against Kentucky, it was a weird game. You know, you look at the final score. What they win by? 17. 38-21. So, yeah, 17. 17 points. They're they, getting hammered in the first quarter. I remember seeing, and, and this was a, a perfect post on Twitter, you know, somebody uh, said, I have. I think it was our, our guy Gabe DeArmond from Power Mizzou, he said, I have never, like this is as dominant as you could be against a team like he, he like Missouri was like thoroughly dominated and you're down 14 nothing even going into the fourth quarter it was a one-point game I think Missouri was up 21 to 20 right and then just some weird things happened in the game they're down 14 nothing they try the fake punt punter just throws a screw it ball up in the air and I, it's honestly really bad coverage like DB, the the guy covering the gunner who ended up catching the ball didn't get his head around. Like he high pointed the ball, wasn't very good but, coverage. Ends but can scoring. you expect him to have good coverage there? I feel like no, no. But I mean, even with the ball in there, like it 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 wasn't it, it wasn't a great play. I feel like that's the beauty of that play, though. If you have the guts to do it, pays off. Like I, I'm, well, I'm sitting there. If I'm the if I'm the guy covering the gunner on the outside who is a wide receiver in this case i'm thinking like ball if the ball's in the air i'm thinking it's a punt like your head you're not even seeing what the punter's doing so a lot of i'm surprised you don't even get maybe pis on that yeah play because you're gonna be hitting the guy thinking you know oh. you're not thinking because <laughs> threw the ball so high that's a well. really good spiral on that punt wow yeah like but yeah he, but he aired it out you're not you're in a helmet you're you're getting yeah. like you're getting you're trying to run like step for step with this guy split seconds and all of a sudden the ball's in the air and then all of a sudden you're like wait a second well I, he's I, catching this thing. i say may, maybe it's you're paying attention to the reaction of like okay it looks like he's trying to catch this ball as opposed to if he's running down the field to cover this punt i imagine you know paying attention to the body language is obviously gonna be a little bit different maybe that's kind of your cue there yeah but it's like yeah i know it, it happens fast obviously that i mean it's a gutsy call. It's very gutsy, and it, and it paid off. I mean, you yeah. catch the ball, you score. So you, now you're back in it. Yeah, I was gonna say you um, look really, it, you look really dumb if you call it though, and it misses. And <laughs> and, and that woke up the rest of their team, and it they did. outscored them thirty-one to seven down the stretch after that. Yeah, thirty-one seven, and a big a big factor later, especially as the game went on, fourth quarter turnovers. You know, Ray Davis had a good game. West texted me during the game. Ray Davis is really good. Or after the game, you were watching the film. He is, right? Kentucky dominated early. It was a tight game going into the fourth quarter, but then the turnovers piled up. Kentucky had a fumble. Just a guy trying to get extra yards. Missouri pops it out. Devin Leary had a couple picks. Brady Cook threw just one pick. And so they won the turnover margin. And so it, it, it went from a close a game you're losing to a close game to, frankly, a 
a blowout in the last, you know, part of that game. Absolutely. We will uh, hear from uh, Coach Beamer a little bit later on what he had to say last night in Carolina Calls. But coming up next, our favorite segment of the week. It's time to buy and sell here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. And welcome back in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this football Friday. A little bit of a rainy Friday. Finally got some rain coming through here. Could be a nice weekend, though. Of course, we're all going to be locked inside watching college football all weekend. But, hey, that's the life that we chose to live, and I'm okay with it. Uh, Wes is proudly holding up a piece of paper. Are you excited for buy or sell, Wes? I am always excited Hold on for buy or sell. Hold on. we got, we got to do the intro. we got to do it properly. It's time for our favorite segment of the week. It's time for buy or sell. Brought to you by Kendall Walsh. Tell you more about her in a little bit. Um, my paper is torn because this is also where we put our firehouse order ah, yesterday. That's right. So thank that's, you for your sacrifice. Yes, for the bottom thank you. Is. Um, I do wonder if anyone else had this, if they could read it at all. Probably not. But is it is it like scribbly? Very scribbly. But anyway, let's get down to it. Yes. I have a habit of making this segment run long, so <laughs> let's get down to it. Question number one: Buy or sell? South Carolina will score its most points away from williams Bryce Stadium this year. I've done the research for you. Okay, thank you. 17 in Charlotte, 14 in Athens, and 20 in Knoxville. Buy or sell, South Carolina will score more than 20 points, essentially. It's been very different for this offense. Uh Uh-huh. On the road mm-hmm. versus at home. Mm-hmm. Some of that's matchup-based, but some of it, not really. I'll buy it. Oh, Tyler, straight buying. Not much um, hesitation. I know. Well, but well, technically, our, we all already have picks. Yeah, we already made our pick score, so, so mine, is, mine is above that. So my, Mine is as well, so I'm, I am buying. I'm selling. Ooh, Christopher. Mm. Why? I don't think South Carolina is going to score more. <laughs> no, show your work. No, no, I already know what he's going to say. They are not going to be able to play well enough up front against Missouri's front to give Rattler time or Mario Anderson room to operate. Thank you for doing my work for me. That's kind of very close. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think Missouri controls things offensively, moves football, eats some clock, kind of limits South Carolina's opportunities. And, uh, yeah, the, the play up front is still too much of a question against this Missouri defense for me. All right, try to get a little bit more creative this week, y'all. The battle of former D2, former walk-on running backs. Bonus question. Where did Cody Schrader go to school before Uh, Missouri? I feel like I used to know this. You know, I almost looked this up this morning. Me too. I, I've almost looked it up like five like, times I, I just, I'm just going to say Division Two. It doesn't matter where he went, but wow. I guess it does. The fine folks at Truman State I, are I, very I, upset with you right now. I wish now. you wouldn't have said it. I seriously came up with it right before. I was going to say, like, 
Trumont, though, or something. Like, I was going to be close. Um, do we know what the Truman State mascot is? I, ah, I do have another layer to this question in case y'all said instantly, oh, Truman State, <laughs> of course. Where is Truman State? Um, Kansas. <laughs> ne- Nebraska? It's, it's in Missouri. It's in Missouri. Oh, in, yeah. well, it's in the grand metropolis of Kirksville, Missouri. Uh, ah. Did yeah. y'all also know that Cody Schrader, who ended up at Truman State somehow, in his high school career rushed for 6,800 yards and 99 touchdowns? It's pretty good. How? Anyway. Do we know what, do we know what classification he was playing at in high school? I, I didn't do that research. Okay. Because, I mean, if he's like at 1A and It's the only fact that he doesn't have about yeah. almost still. 100 touchdowns. It's pretty good. Crazy. Um, that's 25 touchdowns a season in high yeah. school. Uh, by the way, Truman State is the Bulldogs. It's pretty. Oh, come on. Before getting D2, let's get weird with it. Exactly. You know, yeah. Give me a bow weevil at Arkansas Monticello or something like that. Yes, good pull. Mario Anderson will rush for more yards than Cody Schrader. Buy or sell? Who wants to go first? I'm going to sell it. Chris, selling it. Straight selling it. Tyler, what you feeling, man? I'm also going to sell Missouri's yes. offensive line was yes. named to the Joe Moore honorable uh, mention list or a midseason award list. So they're basically on the watch list for the Joe Moore Award. So okay. are they really? Yeah, they they are. The best trophy in college football. The best trophy in college football. They are in the running for it. You know what, guys? I'm going to go straight. Homer, <laughs> I had, you know, Mario Anderson, one-on-one Garnet Trust interview a couple weeks ago. He was fantastic. He cuts half the team's hair now as well. I, I just I can't go against Mario Anderson. Okay. Super Mario buying like complete it. homer pick and well, not hey, even. That's not to say he can't have a good game on Saturday. I just think the Curry Strader is going to have a few more yards. Haters. So all right. So Missouri, it has been confirmed, has decided to completely copy South Carolina's special teams approach. I have decided. Yes. So. This is going to be another one of those interesting special teams games. South Carolina will win the special teams battle, however you define that. Oh. Mm. So we don't even actually keep record next week of who, what our record is. So th- this is more for fun than anything. Like, it can be defined however you want. But Gamecocks will win the special teams battle, buy or sell. And I will say this, they're going to have to. Is, is my real answer to this. They're going to need to win the turnover battle and the special teams battle. And if they do, they'll have a shot to win this game. But I think that's a key, key, key factor in this. And I think somebody might win our Lawyer Lisa touchdown. $700 up for grabs, by contest the way. Contest. Or 107.5thegame.com register. Well done. <laughs> what, one of the sides is going to try to pull something on the other. For sure. Whether it hits or not, we'll find out. You know, for how up and down the season's been at special teams, I feel like they're due for a good day, right? Like, just all the way around, I'll buy it. I think you use the factor, if you're Pete Limbo, of, hey, guys, this is what we do. Like, they, what is the, the uh, back, like, they were, uh, they adopted the dark, but we were born in the dark. Exactly. This, this is what we do if you're South Carolina special teams. And nobody is copying our, our style and beating us at our own game. So I, I just pictured Pete Limbo as Batman. I'm sorry. That's really funny to me. 
We got an interesting brain. That'll be a new meme. And instead of the one where he's got the, the he's got the bat, the, the bat stuff, mask on. the uh, lasers coming out of the eyes. It'll be a Batman. That's game. what I'm gonna think of as South Carolina scoring their special teams touchdown uh, uh, this week, and somebody out you know there what? is celebrating. If they score the touchdown this week, I will buy him a Batman mask myself. And okay. y'all tell me how to hand deliver it to him. Somebody Very could buy, kind of you. buy him one with their seven hundred dollars that they win from all your leases. That's right. Yes. All right. Chris is selling. I can already no, tell. Almost the look, against my better judgment. The look in his eye. Almost against my better judgment. I'm I'm buying. Let let me now. Luther Burden is very scary, mm-hmm. very aggressive. And got he a grown man pay. name in Luther too. Yes, like Luther Vandross. The thicker kicker, Harrison Beavis. Beavis. He can he can hit him from a long way. Low inconsistent. Did they also? I think they also have an Australian punter. I think they have. No, they do not. But they have two punters? No, that was last week. Last week they had two punters. Um, they're, I feel like, no, they they had two kick returners, I think. Oh, okay. I think yeah. this week, maybe. But That's anyway, right. no, they, they have an American punter because Limbo was like, this is like the first. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. said it was over. He's like, okay. imagine that. All right, anyway, I, I don't know. There has no bearing. But he can his throw nas- it. His nationality has no. He, he can throw it. it. He'll throw it very high in the air. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to buy it, though, because I do feel like a lot of talk about Kai Kroger making, you know, working on some fundamental things in practice. Mitch Jeter's still really steady. I feel like South Carolina's due. So just gut feel. I think they'll have a little bit of a better special teams day. All right. um, Spencer Rattler. There's kind of a theme in all these, I guess, in that it's kind of that position group versus that position group. Brady Cook has been very, very good this year and, again, has a great receiving core around him. Spencer Rattler will throw for more yards than Brady Cook by herself. Hmm. Gamecocks could be playing from behind. That's true. But also there could be a lot of pressure on Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Um, I personally feel like they're going to be playing from behind for at least a good portion of this. I'm, I'm going to buy. Buy in, Chris? Where you at on this? I wish I had done the research on Brady Cook's numbers each game, like the breakdown. I can give them to you. Each week. You got, you got them in front of you? Can you give them to him in less than 60 seconds? Yes, I can. Yeah. 175, 411, 395, 341, 356, 204, 172. It's a lot. All over the place. But, it's um, a lot, but Rattler, I feel like, throws for 300 every week. Um, Went for 411 against Salish and lost. That game was a shootout. Vandy 395, Memphis 341. Just 175 last week. I'm I'm buying. Spencer Rattler goes over. Okay, I'll buy too. Do we need to get a break? Is there any more? Well, the, the final one. Okay, the, we have yeah. the final one coming up. Here's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on a Football Friday. Wrap up by ourselves coming up here on the game. talking about sponsored by love chevrolet on your home of the gamecocks in columbia 107.5 the game also heard on 100.3 the game in myrtle beach and 100.5 the game in florence well welcome back into the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs tyra west and chris along with you football friday getting you set the gamecocks and the tigers coming up tomorrow at 3 30 which you can listen to right here on the game, as always, on Thursday nights, Coach Beamer, Carolina Calls, giving us his last thoughts before the game coming up on Saturday. And last night, talked a little bit about the injury situation heading into Saturday and gave an update 
on Rashawn Lee. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that move was was really good for us. Calm things down a little bit on the offensive line. Proud of Trey Jones. Proud of Rashawn being our starting center and being willing to move to right tackle and be excited about it. Nick Gargiulo moving into center. Uh, goes back to what I said, great young men that we have on our team. Trevon Ball probably had his best game of the year at the right guard position, treated some good things. Uh, so it was good to see that. And when and when Vershawn was not able to play in the second half, that uh, certainly affected us. Uh, he will not play Saturday. Uh, Vershawn won't. Uh, the positive is initially we thought it was going to be a four to six weeks type thing. Found that out on Sunday night initially, which was not the way. No, you looked at post game like it was more than four to yeah. six. Uh, and then we were told initially on Sunday night at practice uh, that we thought it might be uh, a month-long thing, and it was one of those, you got to be kidding yeah. me. Uh, but we found out yesterday that it's more likely two weeks. So as I think Vershawn would be questionable for next week and, and certainly very, very probable for whoever we play after that. Um, and uh, other than that, we're actually pretty good. We were concerned about Mario yeah. after, after the game. Mario uh, is fine. He's practiced all week. Stone Blanton got banged up in the game. Uh, he's done a little bit more in practice each day this week. He should be good by the time we get to Saturday. Uh, so really coming out of the Florida game because that was a long, hard, physical game. Uh, other than Brashawn, we, uh, we came out of it in pretty good shape. As I look out at a damp Gervais Street, when it rains, it pours. Another injury on the offensive line. Optimistic that Rashawn Lee can hopefully come back pretty soon, but... Yeah, again, that offensive line seemed to be clicking on Saturday. Then you lose him, and now it's back to the drawing board again. You know, and Dow Loggins talked about this on Wednesday, and, I, you know, I think we all kind of felt the same way, but to hear the OC confirm it, he said, look, this is the best we we thought our O-line looked pass pro and in the running game for the first half on, on Saturday. So you, you kind of made a bold decision there to shift things around and shuffle it as much as they did. It appeared to pay off. And now you're you're almost right back to to square one. Now I, I would imagine Trey Jones stays in there, like they'll keep that aspect of this. But you know, Beamer was asked after that, you know, who are your options? And and he mentioned, you know, it's it's kind of the same guys it has been: Sidney Fugar, Tyshawn Wanamaker, Ja'Kai Moore, also an option. My expectation is it's going to continue to be Sidney Fugar at this point. I was going to say he also threw a new name in, not from a starting perspective, but for yeah. depth. And Jatavia Shivers, somebody that is obviously also a true freshman. You don't want to get to the point where you're playing three true freshmen on the offensive line, but from a depth standpoint, again, you're getting getting towards the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah, and how about the interesting note that Case and Henry, they they thought he might be back this week, this game, not quite there yet. You know, and I, I still you you can't let's be real about it. You can't count on him coming off of an injury. Still not this super experienced guy. Let, let's be fair. You can't expect him at the midway point of the season to just be like, oh, this guy's going to be our savior on the offensive line. That's not fair to him. That's not a fair expectation. But it, it truly sounds like they could get him back next week. He, so Vershawn is already questionable for next week. I, I don't know. Is there a chance Case and Henry is going to A&M starting? Maybe so. Uh, that's a tough ask, but... Already, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that A&M front is, I mean. They live in the backfield. Yeah, so you needed Vershawn for for that game, probably even more so than this week, man. So that that's tough, but that hey, that's a problem for another week, clearly. And Kaysen, I would think as this year goes on, if he really is 
going to be 100%. He's going to factor in there at some point as well. And, and then for uh, for Shivers to be getting that praise, and it was without being asked about him, that's a good sign, man. This entire O-line class may may be a hit. From, from what I understand, um, he has just really worked hard. Like he's – you can – you never know about work ethic of guys when they come in. He's been a really, really hard worker, and it's obviously a big kid. And so that, that could be another hit in this class, which I think we already see what Tree and Tro are doing. Marky Anderson was going to play before he got hurt. Garjulo has obviously been an evaluation hit. And, you know, if he's a hit as well, that's a, that's a heck of an O-line class. Well, and then, you, I mean, you, let's not give up on Sidney Fugar's future, right? Yes. Like, again, that this is not a – probably was not supposed to be playing this year. So you've, you've still got some young guys. I mean, Case and Henry, the North Carolina game was, what, his third career game mm. or something like that, and he was the starter. He played and four snaps. Mm. He played four snaps. He, he missed the whole spring, a lot of the summer, and much of the preseason and was good enough to go win that job. You know, now you, you obviously were still working on some solutions that helped things along. But, yeah, I mean, they – they just, they've got to get healthy at that position. But one of my questions is, whatever iteration we see of the O-line, does Dowell Loggins feel like they can still utilize some of the running schemes that they used against Florida to success? The answer is probably yes, as long as your guards are the same. That's the biggest, you know, kind of tweak they felt like with Trey Jones and Trayvon Ball, you know, being able to move and operate in space in the run game, they felt like they could do that. I think you would like to keep that aspect because there were some good things that they did against Florida in the run game. Yeah, I I would think you'll con- continue to see South Carolina doing that. I would imagine it, it did give you now you've got the aspect of hey now Missouri's seen that on tape. They're mm. gonna rep it this week. Can can you layer something else on top of that? We've already seen them doing that a little bit just within the confines of the Florida game, running some play action passes off of those similar looks yeah. offensively. Uh, we've we've gradually seen a little bit more under center, a little bit more pistol. Like this offense has built as the year has progressed, which I think is what you want. It's just, I mean, it's one more one kick to the gut after well, another. And, and for Sean Lee, obviously being the center was the leader of this offensive line. Obviously, we talked about the quarterback being or the center being the quarterback of the offensive line, but also his experience itself. It was just so helpful for everybody else around him, and now. I mean, Nick Arzulo is that guy. And obviously he has not been at South Carolina for the past couple of years, but he's played a lot of football in his time at Yale. Obviously a very experienced guy and somebody that came in and earned the trust of everyone pretty quickly, it seems like. So now for however long Rashawn Lee is out, he's he's that guy on the offensive line. Yeah, and he's got that natural kind of leadership aura that some guys have. So I think it's been a very easy transition with him. You know, when he came in to talk to us in the offseason, it was just apparent, right? Like this guy has a great personality hard worker we were told back in the spring hey this guy might be our best blocker like you know just pure best blocker on the team even coming in from Yale so I I think for him that's probably an easy transition but um, it's not easy for anybody to change positions mid-go and so he slides inside the center you had Rashawn sliding out the right tackle but it it did the interesting thing we've heard Beamer and Dialogan say multiple times this week is Letting a guy with the knowledge that Rashawn has slide out to right tackle kind of helped throw ball a little bit, having him right beside him. Uh, he said he had his best game yeah, this season. So, so he, you know, but some of that is just probably ball getting those reps, getting time, and getting comfortable. 
I mean, he that dude looks the part, man. Like he is a thick bodied, wide bodied <laughs> kid. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But they right tackle has just been the it's the, the Achilles uh, heel. I don't know if you the, guys read Harry Potter. It's the defense against the dark arts teacher. If something bad happens to them every year, that's right tackle for Carolina. Sorry, shake my head. Yes, that, that that was a that was a little bit of a nerdy pull there, deep, but deep cut. Yeah. Some some people some people are listening, going, yeah, that's right. That, that, that makes sense. Everybody, some people are listening, going, what is he talking about? <laughs> hey, I read a lot as a kid. Okay, it's good. Not, that's why I'm at it. Why you're so smart now? I try and be. Uh, we'll hear uh, Coach Beamer's keys to the games. We'll give our score predictions coming up. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. And welcome back in. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you for a few more minutes for turning things over to myself and Elijah for today's edition of the halftime show, and then Jay and Terry drive you home with the afternoon show as Football Friday rolls on. We'll give our thoughts and our keys to the game in just a moment here. But let's hear what Coach Beamer had to say last night on Carolina Calls about his keys to this game tomorrow. Yeah, uh, we got to protect the football. Winning on the road is hard anywhere, yep. but especially in this conference. And, um, you know, we've got to do a good job of of taking care of the ball and, and protecting the quarterback. And when I say take care of the ball, that's also we need to create some takeaways. And that's one thing that we didn't do on Saturday was was create any turnovers uh, and get the ball back for our offense. And uh, we, we've talked to our defense about that. And the offense knows that, ten, or that Missouri did a great job of taking the ball away from Kentucky on uh, on Saturday on Saturday night up in Lexington. So turnover battle is always big, and we'll be big on this one. And then and then they've got their special teams as always too. I mean. We need to make a play there. They're dangerous in the return game. They've they faked a punt the other night, but Luther Burden is a is as talented as any receiver yep. in this league, and he's also their punt returner. So when we punt the football, uh, we've got to do a great job of protecting, but then also getting downfield and and being able to tackle him also, and not giving them any explosives in the uh, in in the return game. And certainly defensively against Florida, um, one stat that's been pretty consistent. I think since I've been the head football coach is when we win the explosive play battle, our record is really, really, really good. And explosive plays meaning a run over 12 and a pass over 18. And uh, we had a bunch of them offensively against Florida, but unfortunately we gave up way too many of them against Florida. So we've got a uh, Missouri's explosive on offense. They're going to hit some big plays Saturday, but we just got to limit the number of explosives that they hit and, and make sure we can create some also. Uh, a lot of good keys there, and one that he touched on in the very beginning was obviously winning the turnover battle, which is important in any game. But Missouri, for the most part, is doing a good job of taking care of the ball. However, Brady Cook in the last two games does have three combined interceptions, two against LSU and then one against Kentucky last weekend. Yeah, and uh... – I think those are his only three picks of the year. That's and correct. And he, he looked a little out of sorts early on uh, against Kentucky, and Kentucky took advantage. And, you know, I, I always look at games like, all right, it, for Team A to win, are they going to need turnovers? Or can you still win a game by losing the turnover battle? Or 
I, I looked at the Florida game, and I even made the comment, like, if they just play it sort of even, I think South Carolina can win the game. Well, it ended up being a very even game. Um, there were no turnovers throughout until the late pick by Rattler, of course. So I look at this game, though, you say, what could turn this thing in South Carolina's favor? And always in the game of football, I think you talk about turnovers, winning that battle, and you talk about forcing field goals while scoring touchdowns. Because I think on paper, Missouri's offense against South Carolina's defense, particularly the passing game, but also Cody Schrader and this offensive line in the running game, it's not a great matchup on paper. So I think when Beamer leads off by saying, got to win the turnover battle, that's not so much him just saying, hey, you, you can't give the ball away in any game. I think that's him kind of subtly saying, look, we're going to have to steal a couple of possessions to go up there and win this game because it's never easy on the road, and it has not been easy for South Carolina against Missouri. Gamecocks have played three good teams away from home, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, and they've had a little bit of each in those games. North Carolina, they won the turnover battle 2 nothing. Still lost by a good bit. Georgia, they lost it 2 nothing. Tennessee, they lost it 2-1. to one. So what do we know? You can't win if you lose the turnover margin, right? That's right. And, you, and, and so you not, not only need to win it, you need to ha- be a plus two or something like at least, I think, to be able to stay in this game and have it really competitive. So that's a great point. Also, you know, Beamer talking about explosive plays, that's very important. But we saw last season... Missouri played it pretty conservative, moved the football. So I think you have to be able to tackle and get off the field, too. It's not just about the explosive plays. It's about forcing some third downs, forcing some punts. Well, on the flip side of things, Missouri has given up a fair amount of explosive plays themselves on defense. So it's an opportunity that South Carolina is definitely going to be looking to attack tomorrow. I found this interesting from the game notes. Um, Lots of talk last year about the offense and, you know, was it good enough, all this. You know, we don't have to sort of re-talk about that, but – South Carolina scored in the first quarter just six times out of 13 games last year. So far under Dow Loggins, South Carolina has scored a first quarter touchdown in every single game this year, all six games. I think one that speaks to having a really good game plan that speaks to giving your offense a chance. And, you know, not obviously they've not played as well on the road, but it's not going to surprise me if South Carolina comes out, has a couple of wrinkles for Missouri and, gives themselves an early chance in this game. We've seen that against North Carolina. We've seen that against Georgia. They're leading at halftime. And, uh, you know, we saw that against Tennessee until the the pick six completely derailed things. So it's not going to surprise me, even if on paper it's not a good matchup. It's not going to surprise me if we're sitting there going into the half saying, hey, it's 17-14. It's, you know, a, a tight football game. Can they finish on the road? Can they do better in the second half on the road? All right, last minute here, how we see this game going tomorrow. So this is also an extension of our buy or sell that we never hit. But so buy or sell, Chris Clark, does South Carolina win the game? Does South Carolina cover? Remind me of the line again. Right now, seven and a half. Seven and a half, okay. Um, I'm going to sell. I have Missouri winning, and I have them winning by more than that margin. Tyler? I have Missouri winning, but South Carolina covering. Seven-point difference. Oh, you're right. Right on Right on it. Right on it. As of right now, I, I've gone back and forth, but it, they're about to go live on Gamecock Central anyway, so I guess I'm sticking with it. I have Missouri winning by eight, so okay, I'm right on the other yeah, side of it. I think, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored here. What did you have? Uh, 45-38. Ooh, Ooh, boy. Okay. 
All right. That's got to yeah. be above the uh, over-under. Oh, oh, yeah. A little bit. It's 50-something. Grab your popcorn. I'm here for it. Good show, everybody. All right. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. We'll be back in on Monday to react to what happens tomorrow out in Como. Halftime show with myself and Elijah coming up next here on the game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 43342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.